0: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle king deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King.
1: Boo! Hello everyone. Welcome to the Royal Blue Everton podcast in association with Everton's main sponsors SportPacer. Well, good evening at the end of another dramatic deadline day. It's just come up to midnight. And I'm joined by Phil Kek Bride and Gavin Buckland. It's me, Greg O'Keefe, and we're here very late to review Everton's trans summer transfer window. Um, Gav, Phil, thanks for keeping on the-, the Horlicks and staying up with us. No striker, no defender, loads of positives. Phil, is it difficult to feel as if it ends on a little bit of a down though? Well,
2: I think you nearly said midlife there. And I feel like I've got an early midlife crisis after another another fraught deadline day. You it's, and me both. It's just never gets any easier, never gets any simpler or, or straightforward. Um, I think, you know, look, you, you try and take a deep breath and, and, and take a step back and, and look at this. With a you know the, the wider picture and, and and look at what they did early on it was terrific they made an absolutely flying start but n- not even a flying start can can prevent you from a mad dash at the end unfortunately can it and Everton were very much in that mad dash and they weren't alone many clubs were trying to get stuff done you know Man City being one of them and it didn't come off um, I think I think if you look at the team they're strengthening they're strengthening a number of areas we've got a better goalkeeper the defence is improved more or less obviously didn't end up getting the left side so that's still an issue midfield looks strong midfield into that final third looks strong but and it's a big but and I think it's the frustration I think that having such a good summer the final piece of the jigsaw still remains and look we'll wait and see whether it becomes and unravels into as big an issue as maybe those fans think and as Ronald had almost well he he, he labelled it the importance of it even as as late as Sunday so fingers crossed they can cope looks like they're going to revisit it in January as Fahad Mishiri has said Um, it could almost have been the window to end all windows for Everton but hasn't just quite got over the line has it?
1: Gav we said didn't we yesterday we were trying to rate the window um, based on no striker but a defender or no defender but a striker
0: (laughs) How yeah. do
1: how do you rate the window based on that either? I
0: was I was I was thinking of an analogy, you know. What the, the best one I could come up with is like is uh, it's like we've the transfer window is like we played the first leg like, of a home European tie and we scored uh, two goals dominating the game and then conceded an away goal later on. <laughs> it's made the yeah. second leg like, a little bit more more difficult than what it should be, you know. And I think that's pretty, pretty much how we. How it panned out for me—that we started off really well, but we've sort of conceded, as it were, later on to, to make things tick in the future. And I—I um, I think there's been—I understand the focus on the strike a bit. I just—I just think for me, and I said this in the pod yesterday, is that we would sort of exclude in the defence part of it at our peril. Here, I mean, one of the one of the recurring themes of the pod certainly as long as I've been doing is our lack of centre-back centre um, that by and large you have only ever really had three. Um, certainly after Stones was sold 12 months ago and, and we sort of had 12 months to rectify that and I know Funes Mori is injured and we've still left ourselves with three centre-backs, two of whom are, you know, are ageing for of a better phrase and we've got a few miles on the clock and, and I think that, that could really come back to haunt us. Perhaps
2: even more than not having a striker, in my opinion. It's definitely a a major concern, and it's look touch wood it doesn't happen. But we have to be braced for the fact that you know at his age and the fact that he's he's had issues in the past. What on earth do we do if Leighton Baines gets injured? Yeah. And you know, look, and and if you if you if you going down the sort of pecking order and looking immediately into the under twenty threes. Who would be the most senior, inverted commas, member of that 23 squad who would play left back? Well, it would have been Callum Connolly, but he's gone on loan to Ipswich. So it, it can't, and it clearly will not have escaped Cooman's concerns and plannings. I suspect, though, what would happen is if, if Leighton has picked up an injury tomorrow, we'd see Cuco Martina play there. Yeah, but
0: that's that idea, though, Phil. I mean, no, I know. Regardless of both late being injured is late playing six you know, League group matches in between you know yeah. you know Premier League games and at uh, 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 33 but he is in December and, and his style of play that I think that's going to be too much to ask so I would see somebody playing left back as you say um, regardless about whether he's injured or not and, yeah. that, and that's even before we talk about our centre house where I've got major concerns with so Quite rightly did the, the striker thing has being the, the emphasis today. I just think that those bits of the defence that have been really, you know, a problem for a while is is, uh, is something that you know i said that I'm I've, I've always concerned about today, to be honest with you, especially with Callum Coleman going as well.
2: Mm.
1: And Gav, I'm, I'm going to have to say it the the maddest twenty minutes I think <laughs> in a transfer window many a time. <laughs> Ross Barkley, have we effectively? Now, missed out on thirty-five million for a player with the owner's contract and may now have to face the compromise in January of selling a player who clearly doesn't want to be there. The majority owners just gone on and said he's technically still an Everton player. And we're gonna to have to sell him for a significant amount less in January. Or he leaves for nothing in the summer. Listen, I'd love the fairy tale ending that he decides to knuckle down gets fit before January which again now is suddenly looking seriously in doubt and wins over Koeman and, and stays but I don't think that's that's looking on the cards at the moment Gavin Phil ex- explain this madness um,
2: yeah real real twists, you know real twist right at the death on, on deadline day um, for £35 million fee been agreed that's what Everton ultimately you know going into the final week were willing to accept so from their point of view, they were happy. Ross, as far as I can understand it, had agreed termed. He was in London, but I'm told hadn't made it to Cobham, hadn't undergone the medical and had a change of heart and, and, and felt that he wanted until January to make a decision and wanted to be in a position in January where if he did decide to sign for another club, he would be walking in fully fit as opposed to, you know, on crutches, so to speak. Um so, look, in many ways, I guess it's a brave decision from Rossi. He didn't feel comfortable and so you know made that decision himself that he, he didn't want to move. As you say, Greg, Everton, Everton will now have to accept a lesser fee. Speaking to somebody in football who knows a, a great deal more about this than I do, but they, they think they could can still, still ask for £20 million. Um, but obviously the fear is that, again, Everton will play hardball, which is their right. Uh, on a player that he, who would have six months left, he doesn't go, and then he walks for nothing um, in the summer as a fr- as a free agent. So, look, Ross Barkley will never be f- far from the uh, from the headlines, and and, and January will be uh, will be no different.
1: Gav,
0: yeah, I think there's more to come from this, isn't there? <laughs> I think we've not heard the last of this. See, I mean, it's one of the strangest transfer deadline tales I've heard because I don't think I've ever. I mean, you know, you've heard of deals breaking down at the last minute, Um, but I can't recall, as Phil said, where everything's appeared to have been agreed and at such a late stage the players pulled out and there there appears to be some confusion because I know Farhad has been closest tonight to saying, well, not closest to hearing it, saying that he thought that medical had taken place and then that doesn't necessarily be the case, necessarily being the case based on what Phil's saying. And... It'd be interesting to see the reasons why, and unfortunately, there's quite a few people saying, "Well, this is just typical Ross, isn't it?" You know, when you see him playing, sort of his mentality. Perhaps sometimes he doesn't know well what his best decision is, and things like that. And people are saying, "Well, that's just uh, you know reflects you know um, you know like, like the way Ross is," and I think. Um, there's more more to come on this and you know although you, Ross is getting sticker, but you know if, if you go to January and the club moves loses money it, it is a lesson isn't it that if you let a player yeah. with 12 months left of their yeah. contract to go there's, and, and, and this might just be Evans fault it's collectively the, t- the two parties there's always a risk of a last minute hitch you know knackering you and this is what's happened hasn't it and yeah. It, it, it was all. It, it's just typical of the way this, this this situation has panned out over the last sort of six months or so, isn't it, really?
1: Mm. Phil, just moving on from Ross, Cumin said before Stoke, he was he was sort of semi lamenting the fact that he had uh, basically Dominic Calvert Lewin and Sandra Ramirez as his out and out striking options, and he said, no, there are other clubs out there who have, have got far greater strength and depth um, in terms of. Out and out centre forwards. That remains is options mm. until January, and we've since seen more of Sandro Ramirez, and it's become clear that he's going to need time. Let's say time to adjust and, yeah. and, and to become a, a Premier League standard performer. Um, it's it's a it's a difficult situation now. Yeah. And,
2: and obviously Dominic has been playing really well. You know he was absolutely terrific at City, but he's a young player, a young striker still learning his trade. And we'll have up and down games, you know. And, and so, what Ronald was trying to say is, we can't um, expect, in his his realistic view, to be properly challenged in the top six, uh, and obviously fighting on all fronts with those two as the only sort of recognised strikers in the squad. You know, this the decision Farhad was quoted as saying they reconsidered the position. Well. I'm an educated guess would be given on the conversations I've had throughout the course of today into the early evening that they took stock as as sort of the deadline was approaching and reconsidered. I think they they came to the conclusion that they weren't in a position to find an adequate striker and with the adequate amount of time left. So it's not for the been for the want of trying. They've been working ferociously, I believe, throughout the day to try and get something. But there had to be a point where that to say, look. We're not going to buy for the sake of it. Ronald has always maintained that he would not sanction the deal just for the sake of it. It had to be somebody of requisite quality. And so they came to the conclusion at sort of early evening that, that that player was not going to be available in the following few hours. So it's far from ideal. But as he said at the top of the piece, um, only time will tell in the next four or five months how keenly the absence of a experience number nine is felt we hope not much and we hope that we can get through to January in a good position and, and hopefully that time is, will allow Steve Walsh and, and Ronald to have found a the player they really want
1: it's alright because January is an easy market to operate in. <laughs> Gav is cumman going to have to Yeah, pretty much I'm not suggesting he would sulk but he, is he going to have to bite his lip to very quickly get over this I'm sure the the, the beers on the beach in Portugal will help and um find a new way of playing because he, it's pretty much yeah. been clear that he always likes to play to the strengths of, of a big target man if you look at all his previous clubs that's been the way Dominic Calvert-Lewin we said repeatedly is is that to an extent but is he going to have to find another way of playing? Um, that's,
0: that's a good point isn't it really I mean what an opportunity for Calvert-Lewin over the next four months Yeah absolutely You know um I think, you know, I think the thing to remember about January is, if you remember right there, I remember the press conference after the Leicester game in the FA Cup. Yeah. I think Ronald was too happy about the January business and he was saying then that, you know, that I think uh, he was hoping that's going to get sourced in the summer and it hasn't. Um, but going back to your question, Craig. yeah, I mean, it places even more pressure on collectively Sigurdsson, Rooney, Klasson, Possibly Morales to come up with more <laughs> goals than what they needed to do. Yeah. Even if you know, if they'd had a, I don't know, a Giroud or whatever up front.
2: And it's also, know. sorry Gav, it's also placing even greater pressure, if that's the best word, or emphasis, on the return in an attacking sense of Seamus Coleman and of Yannick Balassi.
1: Well, did Farnsworth Shirley sure give us a little nugget amidst that conversation when he, he revealed apparently that Balassi will be back in October?
2: I don't know whether he was getting his timeframes mixed up or that was correct. He said October and December for those two, and he said Balassi first. So if we're going off that, then maybe they re- they think Yannick will be back in October. So maybe that's...
1: It'll be a timely return.
2: But maybe that's been part of the conversation this evening where they've gone, look, let's not panic by Yannick's back in October. They obviously feel confident that he's going to be back to being the player that he was. So... Um, yeah,
0: sorry, Gaff. Carry on. Yeah, no, no, but that, that well, that you know, whoever it, it, it places more emphasis on goals than that 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 area of the pitch. But the the brutal reality of the, of the situation is, is we've let, let a twenty-five goal season striker go, and as you say, Phil, not for the want of trying. Mm-hmm. That we haven't replaced. Yeah. On on a like-for-like like basis, I bet, you know, not saying we should go out by seventy million pound later, but somebody who can play that role. Yeah, and we're relying on really a, a sort of novice twenty-year-old and and a and a, and, a, and a, a player from a league who is, um, as you say, for a number of reasons, is, is, is needs to uh, at time to adapt. And you did. You were saying yesterday that when you have a look at the, if you're looking at Cooman's three years at Everton. This transfer window was always going to be the key one, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially as he come in late like last year, you know. And when we we covered all that, all that at the pod last year, you know, he came in late. Steve was came in late. There was the uh, the euros and stuff. So we didn't have time to do business. It was quite clear that this this transfer window was going to be the key one. And although we've done good business early on, we've sort of not fully completed the job, as I say, you know, European football parlance, we've conceded an away goal late on, mm. in, the, in, in the home leg, and I think um, I think that's that's the concern for me, and, and if you're Ronald, you think, well, I've got three years here, I'm not really going to rectify this fully in January, and I've only got a year left, and my contract next summer is, you know, what scope have I got then? Yeah. You know, and I think that's
2: the worrying thing for me. Yeah, there's definitely... You definitely don't want to be in a position where we're having to play major catch-up in January on the pitch and therefore having to go into the window and having to do something to try and claw, you know. Obviously, it looks like they're going to go in and stuff, but we don't want to be so far adrift that the season becomes... Look, sorry... Last season was a real progress season But we don't want to be in the same situation Points-wise, position-wise Adrift of the top four Again in January Because although Luckman and Schneiderling came in And improved us And seventh was nailed on for weeks and months And we were the best of the rest And it was you know a real sign of progress we don't want to be in the same position Where we're just effectively treading water Because as you say, Gav He's here for three seasons And he, he'll be fully expecting Going into this season, that the the squad would be strong enough to have made a leap, even if that was just one position. Now, I still think that Arsenal are totally totally gettable and catchable because I don't think they've had a particularly strong window. You know, I think you know they ended the season in a, in a bit of turmoil, but Wenger signed, and they were saying, right, we're going to invest. Yes, to find Lacazette and 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 the fullback from Schalke. But you still look at that team and go, they've got the same problems.
1: No Lamar today, of course. Exactly, either. that was
2: the player they were looking at. You've got Sanchez, who look, he's a terrific player. What, what frame of mind he's going to be in, I don't know. But I still look at that Arsenal team and go, well, actually, if Everton's is serious, they're the team that Everton can overturn. But yeah, let's, not, then, let's but just yeah. hope that they're not so far behind Arsenal in January that it's, it's not possible. Yeah,
0: I mean, and that's the worry, isn't it? And, you know, how the Europa League pans out. Yeah may influence things as well. And you, you just don't want to look back on this, you know, you, you, you don't want to get to sort of like the end of the season and we finish seventh and we're sort of like, sort of four points off sixth and fifth. Yeah. And think, oh, I'll tell you what, if we'd have done good business last summer, we would have got fourth, you know, yeah. or something like that, you know. Yeah. And, but I just think, I've just, I've just got, it's just, just, I'm just a bit, as I say concerned that's not panned out as well as it should but there have been you know, enormous positives that we shouldn't forget within, within that and I do think it provides an opportunity for one or two players like Carvalho and maybe like Luckman to really step up, step up to the plate over the next three or four months
1: yeah and look on, on the positive side it's clear that there like, will be lacking a target man it's clear the ball hasn't stuck particularly at Stamford Bridge but that was our first defeat of the season. We beat Stoke. We got a good, good pointed at City. Um, you know, a goodish ish at City against the ten men. But some real positives. And then, yeah, we've been pretty lousy first half at Chelsea. Um, we have had a really challenging start to the season. It continues to be challenging when the uh, action resumes after this weekend. Yeah. But it's very early days, and and those new players are bedding in. Sandro Ramirez could just need one in, in the league to go in off his off his backside, and all of a sudden we see the player was uh, so highly rated yeah. last season. So it's not all doom and gloom by any means. Um, Sigurdsson, the fitter he gets, will become more influential. Yeah. Um, I mean, there
2: could even be a situation where if Calvert Lewin or Sandro were not fit, or the games would dictate, you know, are you asking Sigurdsson to go and play as false nine, maybe. or you know, Rooney, we've seen, has been asked to play
1: that role, and maybe. I, I mean,
0: Gav, yeah, yeah. Gav, yeah. It's like, Sort of like Tim Cahill though, wasn't it? Where he played yeah. up from where he wasn't really a stiker. He was just a sort of, yeah. sort of more advanced midfielder. But it's not ideal though, isn't it, when you've lost Rom. And, I mean, Gary Neville got to stick a couple of weeks ago on Sky, didn't he, for saying Everton and have gone backwards compared to last season uh, when we finished seventh. Because of that stage, we sold Rom and not got a replacement in. And, and well, actually, you're looking two weeks down the line and you think, well, actually, like, you know, there's an argument to say that's the case, but it's up to the players that are there at the moment to prove them wrong. You
1: know, mm. Mm. Um, of course, we shouldn't forget. Just quickly, it's no great uh, surprise, but we did bring in, in the words of Mr. Misury, the Croatian boy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> so Blasic is an exciting, young lad. But who knows? He could have a, a Luckman-esque impact. I was going
2: to say, look, he's. We weren't studying him too greatly uh, in the, in the two in the two legs, of course. But he he looks like he's got good feet. Looks lively. Played a lot of games for Hajduk. Obviously, he's got experience in the Europa League. Look, he could be the injection of creativity and pace we need out wide until Balassi's back until you know until Luckman's fully fully back up to the player we we know he can be and you know maybe he might help be. For the time being, you know, because he's still a young lad, might just be a kind of stopgap to to bridge us to October, November, and help us get through a few games. Who knows? I mean, look, they've spent you know a not insignificant amount of money on him, so uh, yeah, let's let's see. I
0: was just thinking there. bear in mind where he comes from, won't there be a case of creativity? <laughs> oh,
2: brings, uh, to us. I forget. I, I, sorry, it,
0: it's, it's you know, it's early morning here you know, and still coming out with gems like that. You know?
1: <laughs> well, listen, we're... we're um...
0: <laughs> but, but, but we have... I mean, the one thing I would say is, looking for the future, we, we appear to have bought over the last 12 months quite, you know, some decent mm. 18, 19-year-olds.
2: Yeah, it was a key area for Steve Key Ruff. area, that uh, was yeah. you
0: know. And then, yeah, and I think that's something that we've forgotten. Plays that may be not first-team, but are, are, look to be really... Quality prospects, and I
1: think that's yeah. something. Yeah, well, look, oh. uh, as well, We didn't we? Let, let's again, it's worth reminding everyone not that they're sure have forgotten, but we bought one of the best go- young English goalkeepers, yeah. we bought one of the best young English centre halves. We bought Ajax's captain, who will only get better. Still fairly young, isn't we'll he? Will only yeah. get better. Uh, we bought Wayne Rooney. He's already shown that it was uh, <laughs> that it was worth bringing him back. Gav, you stay quiet, you. And uh, <laughs> and and you know, uh, you know, knew It was an absolutely fantastic signing. So, yeah. hopefully, the uh, the owner is correct and Balassi does come back next month, yeah. which would be great. To be honest, just,
0: the- sorry, Phil. Uh, so just one thing I could say about Carlo. I mean, Ronald's really, obviously, really rates him. And we've, we've said that, haven't we, since the well, since, you know, beginning of the year. Do you think maybe, have, haven't seen the way Carl Balloon's progressed, especially since the summer, and he's come back and he's made a, a major step change, he would say, in terms of his performance, so actually he's thinking, well, actually, maybe I can go with him till till January. Do you think that? Well, that's I, also I, coming I, to the I, I
2: think maybe, Gav, that what they've done is they've had to use, obviously... Calvert-Lewin's been the yardstick hasn't he by which they've measured every player that they potentially could have had yeah. their hands on today and so they've gone well is so and so better than Calvert-Lewin is now or would so and so take longer too long to get up to speed whereas Dominic can do it for us now yeah. and I th- that's what I think I uh, Yeah,
0: I think that's a really good point you know, and it's a good reflection on Dominic as well about absolutely the absolutely because I think he's um, you know so said last week I think that during the summer we were saying about you know players who played with me and we had lots of players in the under 20s winning the World Cup how they react to that and some people actually rest on the laurels and don't push on for others it's an enormous confidence booster and for him I think he can just tell can't he? yeah, yeah. he's uh, you know he, especially scoring the winning Golden it's not the worst thing to do is that he's obviously taken you know a big confidence booster from that and He's made, literally made enormous strides, and I've been really impressed by him. Against, he's played some, against some really difficult defenders, yeah. at Chelsea and Man City, and he's looked really comfortable in both games. So, you know, that, that's the, the, uh, every cloud of silver lining angle, is not it, really?
2: And just, just finally, of course, we have allowed one striker to go out on loan that we signed on What
1: we wouldn't give for him, have him around now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a case. If it hadn't been for his work permit, he'd be here now, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, definitely. He would. Uh, he would have been. Would have been helpful. Well, listen. Um, thanks for listening in, as ever. It's been a monumental summer in so many ways. Everton have spent staggering money on some players, breaking. Yeah, been record breaking. Uh, it wouldn't be the Blues without maybe a late stumble. Whether it's uh, a stumble that proves really challenging, Everton's chances and hopes of finishing beyond seventh, we won't know for some weeks and months to come. But keep with us on the Royal Blue podcast as we discuss that. No doubt with Tony's vociferous and voluble input when he's had time to uh, to to gather his thoughts. Um, Gav, I hope you've enjoyed having uh, being uninterrupted
0: (laughs) (laughs) for a whole podcast. bounce off haven't you Let's <laughs> <literally
1: close case. laughs> yeah definitely no um, so yeah thanks again for listening uh, we'll try and make sense of this over the coming days and uh, we'll be back with you on the podcast next week see you thank you